0: Sorry, I know I, it takes me a while to get kid off the question. No,
1: this this is why, Shalina, this is why it takes me four hours of editing because I've, I've got just rambling on about a sentence, which is Hey, Shalina, can you tell me what's so great about dating next? It's literally all it is.
0: Welcome back, back to episode, episode six of, of Beyond, Beyond DNA. I'm Amber.
1: And I'm David.
0: And we thank you so much for returning. Um, episode six, we have a treat for you guys. We have our first special guest. Mm-hmm. Um, she's one of my best friends. Her name is Shalina Lawatch. So happy Hi. to have you on. Hey, Shalina. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course, you're our first person. How do, How does it feel? <laughs> Um, I need a time, <laughs> but it's 10
2: 30. So
1: it's 10 30. So yeah.
0: You know, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty it's appropriate early. Appropriate
1: drinking time.
0: <laughs> As you know, beyond our DNA, just a podcast that talks about interracial relationship. And you yourself, you are in an interracial interracial relationship. So we thought that you would be a perfect person to be able to share with us just some of the things that you know, you've maybe experienced in your relationship. So we just want you to tell us like your ethnicity, like tell us your ethnicity and then ethnicity of your husband.
2: I am half Filipino, half black. My mom is born and raised in the Philippines, moved here when she was about 18, 19 years old. My dad is African-American, born and raised in Virginia. And Mm -hmm. my husband is Caucasian.
0: So do you feel like being Filipino and black Put you in a different category as it relates to being accepted, like an interracial being like accepted.
2: I think it depends on who you're, who you're asking um, is like judging my relationship. Mm-hmm. I'll say that non-blacks still look at me as a a black person, mm-hmm. um, without knowing my ethnicity, and then black people see me as a mixed race woman.
0: Hmm. Really good, great point.
2: As far as judgment goes, you can still get judgment from all, all races, I guess. But it's just mm-hmm. about how, how they're looking at it. You know, what are they judging about us is different.
1: <laughs> so, Shalina, can you tell us how you and Max first met?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I had gotten out of a, um, a really bad two-year relationship. I was dating this guy and living in D.C. So I hurried and moved back home to my hometown of Frederick, Maryland and felt like I kind of knew no one there since I've been gone for so long. Mm-hmm. So I just downloaded Tinder. And it mm-hmm. was like, you know what, I'm gonna find a cute guy to keep me company out here. <laughs> and <laughs> To put and, it lightly. Um, yeah, <laughs> and I found Max. So we, we did you know, the old school way of meeting online.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) old school
2: yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) what what was your first date
2: our first date was actually uh, so sad because the restaurant closed down but we went to lunch at a sushi restaurant in downtown Mm -hmm. frederick called hinode Mm -hmm. um and then after that we went to grab cocktails like around the corner pretty much just bounced around downtown frederick i mean i i was not expecting the date to go that well I, mm-hmm. I felt so comfortable almost immediately with him, you know, hated to admit it, but I was like, oh my gosh, I really actually don't want this date to end. It had mm-hmm. to, but you know, <laughs> that typical actually enjoying his company and not wanting to leave him.
1: That's awesome.
0: That's cute.
2: Yeah.
1: Now, since you guys started dating uh, originally, you know, in Frederick, and then you've moved up to Boston, I have friends that are up in the Boston area. They've expressed that it is not very culturally diverse. Uh, up not there. at all. <laughs> so how has how has that impacted your relationship or has it impacted your relationship anyway? And are there any kind of weird or awkward situations that you were in um, being in that environment up there?
2: So I would say actually the awkward situations didn't start here. Frederick is a very small Town and I would actually kind of call it pretty segregated. Mm-hmm. Something that really kind of comes to my mind at first was when Max and I were out at a bar with a couple friends and we were actually we were dating at that point and we we're standing next to each other, like directly next to each other, shoulders touched. This white girl comes right up to him and starts talking to him like he's <laughs> some single guy in the bar. What? Yeah. And I'm just standing there with my mouth open, like, what is going on here? This is so strange. But that's how segregated the the community is, Mm -hmm. or at least was when I was there, that I really couldn't be upset with this girl for not assuming that he and I were We're together. Uh Yeah. Even though we're standing right next to each other. I mean, that's just how crazy that was. So that was the, the first thing. I was like, okay, this is... Kinda- so
0: please play the rest of this, this situation I'm curious to know, like... So I think the awkward moment was I knew she
2: came up to him and started talking to him. So while he was letting her know that I was his girlfriend, I was turning around to let her know that I was his girlfriend. So we kind of like told her at the same time. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, okay. walks away. Okay. So,
0: <laughs> wow, that I'm is sure crazy
2: off guard. So you do have to remember, you have to think differently. Obviously mm-hmm. you guys know when you're in an interracial relationship, it's not so, you know, black and white for everybody else. So I try to give people the benefit of the doubt from the outside looking in because as silly as it is, it's still very new to some communities that mm-hmm. people from different races date each other.
0: <laughs> no, that is an excellent, an excellent point. That's what David and I, uh, talked about in the last episode, changing, our, changing my perspective and where I am and not always just thinking from this lens, like, okay, everyone's looking at me because I'm Black. And sometimes you just don't know people. You have to get comfortable around people. And I always think the worst. Have you ever felt you are isolated in a situation? Are you, all, are you ever felt like, oh, I'm the only Black person here? Did that ever happen? Or- yes you know, as you
2: mentioned, like Boston's not very diverse. The only black people I know are two coworkers that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm very thankful <laughs> to have <laughs> out, <laughs> out here. It's like you might not even know this person, but when I met them, it was just that immediate like connection with them. And I felt, you know, I hate to say that I'm almost like pretending sometimes, but I feel like I do have to adjust to kind of like mm-hmm. make people comfortable and you know whereas if I'm around my dad's side of the family you know my black can side be you loud and rowdy you know and mm-hmm. yeah exactly and it's almost as if like they are kind of uh, a sense of family yeah but other than that most of my friends here who I've met through my husband are white. I have Mm -hmm. one of my own friends who's Asian, but yeah, other than that, like that's it. So I don't really think about it too often being the only Mm -hmm. black person because of where I grew up. Yeah. Yeah, It's very white where I grew up. I did go on a family vacation to uh, to North Carolina, the Outer Banks actually this past Mm -hmm. summer with my in-laws who are amazing and never mm-hmm. actually make me feel like I'm, you know, their black daughter-in-law or family right. or whatever. They really make me feel completely comfortable. Um, but the area is very white and there's, you know, Confederate flags flying around here or there. So I will say in those moments when it's I'm like- with my family <laughs> <laughs> and I am the only black person in the whole area, it, it is very, it's, it's very weird. Cause I, then I wonder if other people notice.
0: Oh, trust me, I am 1,000% on the same page. I mean, we live in a predominantly, you know, white area. I'm typically the only Black person in there. And sometimes it's like, hmm, let's go back across, you know, uh, on the other side of Maryland. And honestly, the thing is, like I said, I never cared before. You can go out somewhere, and I literally never cared before. But I feel like this past summer has put this spotlight on it. So it's like, now I see things differently.
1: How did this summer change or impact your relationship, Shalina?
2: Everything changed our relationship for the better after it was bad.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So
2: Max and I are very, you know, I'm thankful to have a husband who is what I would consider an over communicator. He will say what is upsetting him, when it's upsetting him, and, you know, I I can appreciate that over someone that doesn't communicate effectively. Right. When it comes to race, I'm his first woman of color ever dating. Mm-hmm. He's my second white man. But my last relationship, I would say we didn't really have too many of the difficult conversations around race, mm-hmm. whereas just because I feel like he's Greek, so he kind of grew up with a little bit of that background not so much American centralized but mm-hmm. um, Max I would say we have very American racial conversations and it's mm-hmm. a totally different thing but I think not having dated women of color it, it's a whole it's a whole different perspective that you guys I'm sure you talked about mm-hmm. experiencing he now gets the looks he has to think now like okay mm-hmm. I'm gonna have a son or a daughter. Mm-hmm that is going to regardless be going to look black. Everybody's Mm going to know that this person has African-American blood flowing through their veins. So Mm -hmm. I definitely want to make sure that we don't tiptoe around those conversations because we're not going to tiptoe around them later. So it's better for us to have them now and have our heated discussions and try to understand one another Mm -hmm. than to just, not talk about it like it's taboo. I don't think that's very healthy. I know a relationship where there's a black man and a white woman and they do not talk about race and their children, their son has Mm -hmm. said
0: he doesn't like black people before he even knew that he was black. Because I think David and I, we talked about race briefly because we didn't care. But then this past summer, it was like,
1: it really brought up the, uh, the topic front and center. <laughs> yes,
0: oh yeah. Exactly. Exactly. The same for us. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And it's important to have those conversations because just like when you think about how you're going to raise your children and are you going to spank them? Are you going to put them in a certain type of school? Like those are all really important questions, just like racism and Understanding where your partner stands.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we've definitely all learned where we lack in terms of communication, and Mm -hmm. and really trying to realize that these these issues that we're we're seeing in the world, or or, you know, whatever we're facing, is not us against each other. It's it's how are
0: we gonna conquer these problems together?
2: I love that. That's
0: so beautiful. That's like so beautifully like stated, and that's exactly. The mindset that you have to have in a relationship because at the end of the day, it does take a mental toll on you.
1: Are there any questions that you've been approached, Selena, that you would recommend other white people, topics that you shouldn't broach in initial conversations?
2: For me, I would say that the things that kind of triggered me the most, especially this year, was speaking on Black Lives Matter. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that although I feel like it's wrong to just shut someone down that is trying to understand how black people feel about everything that's happened in regards to, you know, many, many, many innocent lives taken at the hands of those that are Mm -hmm. supposed to protect citizens in this country. It goes so much deeper than that. I mean, the videos you see online, it's so much deeper than police officers. It's not protection of other citizens that are harmful Mm -hmm. to people of color. So Stuff like that, I unfortunately don't like to go down that road with people Mm -hmm. because I feel like there's nothing I can say to get you to understand how it feels to see it happening because you can see it and be upset by it. You don't see it and feel it on such a deeper level that like these men are your family members. Yeah. You know, your brothers, your dad, like just people you love and you know how easily their lives have been taken. So the stuff about Black Lives Matter, I'm I just try to like, you know, push that to the side. Or we'll talk about it later. And I just really don't bring it up any. I mean, I guess it's only just here, you know, because yeah, yeah there aren't black people here. So if yeah. everybody's yeah. turning to me to talk about something for that, the you answers. Know, that you don't even L- have the a black friend. Not a lot of people here have someone that they really care about on a on a family type mm-hmm. level.
1: So what would you recommend for individuals that are trying to educate themselves and do want to learn a little bit more on the topics? Like, what what would you say is kind of like the best way for them to educate themselves?
2: There's a reason why some people don't have other races in their friend group. And I feel like it's a lack of effort of Mm -hmm. wanting to get to know someone of a different race. You know, if you want to have a friend of a different race, you can have a friend of a different race. And you can talk to that person. You can start to care about that person. But if you're no, not letting these people in for for whatever reason.
0: Well, just kind of just bring it back to your relationship with you and Max. Did you find that when you experience any kind of like racial biases or judgments, did you have maybe a disagreement with Max to say, If he's saying like, oh, well, maybe they didn't mean it that way. You know what I mean? And you're trying to explain it. Did you have any of those situations ever? Oh my goodness. All the time. (laughs) Yeah. Him not understanding. Well, we're looking at it from a different perspective.
1: What's one scenario that you had recently where you had a situation like that, where you guys had a disagreement?
2: Before I go into the scenario, I will say that I feel like his kind of uh, idea of like, maybe they didn't mean it that way or... You know, maybe you're just looking at it differently. It kind of keeps me grounded in a way. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if I had someone that just agreed with me every time I thought someone treated me this way or talked to me this way because I am Black, I feel like I could mm-hmm. take off and run with it and think that everybody yeah. is just attacking me because of it. So the most recent situation I had where I really did think it was because I was Black, I was picking up breakfast for my family from Cracker Barrel.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's already first of all that's already a bad start just going <laughs> oh, to Cracker Barrel general this is
2: the southern food it just I just needed it I'm in the north <laughs> you know like I gotta go to Cracker Barrel and get some some biscuits and sausage gravy okay I was going to pick up food from there and I had ordered online and as as you can imagine there were not there was not a single black person in there Mm-hmm. Um, so I paid for my food, not remembering I paid for my food online. I went to the register and tried to pay for it again. And the woman was like, Oh, you already paid for your food. It's not ready yet, but why don't you go wait by the, um, to go food rack. And then when someone brings it out, they'll give it to you. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay. So I was standing by the to go food rack on my phone, probably about 10 minutes go by this man who was a customer comes over and you know they bring out his food and they're like, okay, here's your food and they send him on his way. Then they put the other bags of food that they had on their hand on the rack. Nobody's asked me if I'm waiting for anything. So I'm just standing there and I'm like, okay, maybe that's not my food. Mm-hmm. So another 15 minutes go by. And again, no one's asking me if I'm waiting for anything, um, what my name was. That big bag of food is just sitting on the shelf and I'm like, it looks like mine. So I checked the name on it. And it says my name. So I go to grab it. Immediately, the woman at the register closest to me, who was there the entire time as I was waiting there, Mm -hmm. leaves her register, leaves her customer to come over and snatches the bag out of my hand (gasps) and says, You can't touch that. You have to come through us. You're not allowed to do that. You have to get back in line and or you have to get in line and then when you get to the front, I'll give you your food. What? So I was like, Yes, like scolded me in front of customers. I was so embarrassed. So I was like, well, that's my food. It says my name. And she was like, it doesn't matter. Policy says you have to, you know, we have to give it to you. And I was like, well, I already checked out with someone at the register. She's like, who? And I pointed to the woman and I was just so taken aback that I had to go through all of this Mm -hmm. to let her know that that's my food as if I was standing there to try to take someone else's food. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, she apologized, but at that point I was just so upset Yes, that she went through all of that. You don't see me until I'm grabbing this food. You know?
0: It's like I've been here this whole time. There's this this thing about women, about Black women being invisible until we're visible enough. You don't see me here until I say something, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, you have an attitude, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like, no. You you literally find us to be so invisible at one point, and then you turn around, and when we when we have something to say, or when we check you, or, we'll, or you know, or we giving we're giving you facts, and it's not even like we're being rude. Then it's like, ah, ah, oh my goodness, like, I am so just taken back. And the
2: hardest same. thing, Amber, I think, is that I would have never waited twenty minutes. I don't want to seem like I'm impatient, You right. know, like maybe some but all those things go through my head. About how are all of these mm-hmm. white how people are you gonna be in this perceived? restaurant, yes, gonna view yeah. me oh, yeah. if mm-hmm. I don't sit here and stay quiet and wait for someone to bring you know, I have to be overly polite, mm-hmm. and then for that to happen, it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm still leaving feeling like
0: crap. <laughs> so, when you talk to Max about it, how did what did he say? Like, what was his reaction?
2: His reaction was definitely like, that's annoying, but I think it's no more than annoying. Mm -hmm. You know, no more than an inconvenience. For me, it was shame for being talked to that way in front of people and just automatically, you know, already being uncomfortable for even being the only Black person in there and feeling like she treated me that way because I was Black.
0: Have you ever had a situation where you and Max are together and they're only addressing him?
2: Oh, my goodness. I actually just had a situation that I remembered. I would say that because it was the first time that I can remember like actually being like, oh, wow, this, this is crazy. I'm standing Mm -hmm. right here and this man is not even looking at me. He's having a full on conversation. It was probably like a, he was probably like a 70 year old white man Mm -hmm. having a conversation, a very long conversation Mm -hmm. with Max about whatever. He did not look at me.
0: Yeah. I, I've experienced the same thing. When I say it, it burns me up. It really burns me up. And I remember telling David one time, learn how to include me in the conversation. Don't just allow someone to talk over me, like not even giving me like any kind of acknowledgement. Come over, introduce me. Hi, this is my wife, Amber. Include me into the conversation. So I don't just look like this little black girl just standing here like ear hustling. Yeah. The situation was when I was talking, we were at some place and this lawyer is talking to David, but talking about me too, David and literally asking David questions about me where I'm sitting right there. I'm like, I can talk for myself. It was so degrading for me. I was upset. I was so annoyed. Like I felt like I had, I think, did I step out at one point?
1: Yeah, step out but it was very clear that this guy was just not and and i'll I'll certainly shoulder some of the blame on this in terms of i probably could have done a better job redirecting his attention but i do feel like a lot of males in those situations they're generally going to engage more with the husband or more with the man because that's how they feel comfortable The reality is like in all of my sales training and everything it's you really want to engage more with the woman exactly
0: because we are the one that's going to sway you and your decision
1: exactly and that's where they
0: mess up every time because as soon as we leave that room i'm like no we're not doing this and guess what (laughs) he has to agree
1: (laughs) but that lawyer was from like straight up the 80s like his office looked just horrendous. <laughs> like he's clearly very old school the guy.
2: It's definitely an old school thing. And it goes back to me, you know, to reminding yourself that not everybody is aware with those kind of men, they could do that when there's a white woman standing there. It's oh, just for sure. a sex and acknowledgement for women you can just continue continue to be the old man that you are and have that kind of mindset. Yeah. that I'll never see you again.
1: <laughs> now, kind of what, what we discussed in our last episode along those lines was when you're in an environment where you might be the only person of that race, there's the uncomfortability of the new environment of all these people that you may not necessarily know. And then that additional layer of race, mm-hmm. exact same thing with this situation, right? Like this guy is probably just a a unintentionally sexist person in general and then you also layer on top of that the race and it just compounds the situation
0: yeah like i can see both sides of that we don't i don't want to just focus on the negative because i know there's a lot of positive and upside to your relationship so just tell me um and it's not to you know compare contrast but i definitely want you to Because we are still bringing awareness that, you know, we don't want to just focus on like, oh, this is, you know, just such a bad thing. So we do want to promote interracial relationships. So just tell us, you know, some of the upsides of dating Max. Um, If anything has been different, you know, um, say like if something you, you know, someone never did anything for you beforehand, you know what I mean? And because you're with Max, he's making normal for you, like a normalcy for you. Like, can you just give us? That situation or just some the top tier points of your relationship sorry I know I, it takes me a while to get get off the question <laughs> no,
1: this this fine. is why Shalina this is why it takes me four hours of editing because I've, <laughs> I've got just rambling on about a sentence which is hey Shalina can you tell me what's so great about dating Max it's literally all it is
0: okay
2: I so, can't do it. I'm sure I do the same thing
0: Okay, so you heard the question. Just go. <laughs> ahead.
2: I'm like, what was the question again? It's like <laughs> exactly. Um,
0: <laughs> so what um, are the upsides of dating next?
2: Oh my gosh, there's so many. One of the first things that come to mind is just the beauty of having him bring all of these wonderful people of a different race into my life. Just having white people in your family. Mm -hmm. that they almost make you forget that you Mm -hmm. are different colors. They treat me like one of their own. I think there's something so beautiful about having family members that are like that. Yeah. Um, Especially being biracial. Like I, I obviously have so many different races in my family. So just Mm -hmm. adding to that is something that I really, really love and appreciate. Another upside is, I'm just going to be honest about things that I feel like I've experienced my perspective of my dating mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. Growing up, I've only dated black men for the most part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it was because I never felt like white men found me attractive.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, we're all on, we're on the <laughs> same page. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, even
2: from, it's probably from elementary school, I had my first crush was a white, a white boy. Mm-hmm. And I remember Obviously it scarred me for life. But I remember asking him if I if he liked me because I had a crush on him. And he said, No, why would I like you? You're black.
0: Oh I was in third grade. Jesus.
2: (laughs) So yeah. So (laughs) having that being said, and then having another, you know, white boy that I had the biggest crush on that never liked me back, I really just almost was like, Okay. At a young age, it's like this is this is not gonna happen. Like I Mm -hmm. obviously am never gonna be someone that white men want. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not that I wasn't attracted to black men, but I just kind of felt like, I guess this is where I'm supposed to be. You know, this is where I'm supposed to date. Mm -hmm. Um, So all through college, I dated black guys. I felt like I wasn't really appreciated Mm -hmm. or treated the way I felt like I deserved or Mm -hmm. acknowledged, I guess like praised like, I felt yeah. like I, I deserved by the black guys that I was dating. And I wrongly assumed that it was because they were black. Right. And I felt like I viewed black guys treat white women differently when they're dating mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Like white women, you know, their beauties or any other any other race.
0: Yeah. But,
2: you know, I just felt like if I dated a white man, maybe they would treat me better. Maybe mm-hmm. they would value value me the way I felt mm-hmm. like I deserved. Immediately from dating my ex, I will say that uh he did initially dote on me, yeah, flaunt me, compliment me, treat me like he didn't want to lose me. And um obviously that fell apart for different reasons, but I was like, <laughs> right. okay, this alone is different from what I've had in the past. Yeah. So let me not give up on this. Yeah, and I just like I said, I've always been attracted to, to all men, but you know, I, I just felt like white men weren't attracted to me. So now I'm like, okay, let me see, on Tinder if <laughs> I using swipes from other white guys because <laughs> I didn't meet my ex on Tinder. So I met him in person, so I was like, I'm gonna go online. And I'm gonna see if white guys are attracted to me, and they mm-hmm. were. So that's when I met Max, and again, it was just like, I didn't feel like when he saw me, I was his first black woman. It wasn't really a thing we talked about initially. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: he's still to this day, it's just a different kind Mm. of relationship. And I don't want to attribute it to his race, but that's just kind of like what led me to exploring (laughs) white
1: guys. So a deep question I've got here for you, this Mm -hmm. will be for both of you, is why, so you mentioned before that you don't feel like uh, black guys treat you the way that you should be treated or the way that you desire to be treated. Why do you think that that is?
0: This neighbor, is do you want to go first? <laughs> we'll yes. Sure, I, I can go first. Yeah, good. Um, I feel like there's this stigma around black women. You know, they always say black women have attitudes, we're loud. Um, You're not loud. Uh, but, you, but they it's use. Okay. They, I mean, yeah, I project my voice. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Listen to the podcast. My audio (laughs) is like down here. Your audio is up there.
0: (laughs) No, the point that I was trying to make, it's they use loud as a derogatory and negative connotation. I truly feel like there's always just been this comparison, as I stated before, where the white woman, there was this, this surrounding thing of her being like pure quiet and sweet and humble and loving. That's literally literally the the depiction of what, what you know, the the contrast of of white women and black black women and black women were everything negative negative that they had to say about about women.
1: women. Shalina, what's your thoughts?
0: I feel
2: like it's kind of, it's a little bit more difficult for me to give like the clearest understanding from my point of view, because I feel like I have also been treated differently just being a mixed race woman.
0: Yeah. Mm, um, I can I feel see that. Like
2: to um, an HBCU. And I feel like even there, there was like judgment against me coming from mm-hmm. Black women. Like bouncing off of what Amber said, the stigma. I don't want to say this wrong, but I almost feel like in the Black community, people call you sellouts. I mm-hmm. feel because you, in, in a way, it's almost seen as there are more uh, benefits to being with a white person mm-hmm. like you will you know you could maybe have more money you could mm-hmm. maybe get further like but, you know just mm-hmm. in general yeah um, you almost can rely more on that person to advance you in mm-hmm. life I almost feel like it's saying that black people don't demand or push more for from their significant other to be better so if you don't demand better you know why treat someone better? Yeah, if they, if they if they're content with the little that you give them, mm-hmm. why do you more? And I well, feel maybe that's like all black they know. People, yeah, black people, as I feel like we should, we stick together, mm-hmm. and sometimes it is to a fault. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to start demanding more of each other. It's mainly, black women will get treated so badly.
0: Mm-hmm. by black
2: men and it's almost like that's just how it's supposed to be yeah so you don't say anything you yeah. don't try to improve you don't say you know i'm worth more than this so treat me better or i'm gonna leave so from right. my understanding it's almost like that's how a lot of black men go into these relationships is like yeah. okay well mm-hmm. i can do the bare minimum for this person because she's maybe not had better right or yeah. she can get better
0: yep so Yeah, it's sad. It's sad. I like that.
1: that's a good perspective. It
0: it gets deep. It's deeper than that. Way deeper. (laughs) Yeah, because then you got to talk about daddy issues and oh man, that's kind of where I was,
1: where where I lean on that situation is I I just don't think there are great role models Mm -hmm. or not not enough great role models. I'll say like even my parents right didn't have the best relationship. Yeah, didn't really teach me how to treat a woman. A lot of it came from educating myself, right? Mm-hmm. reading the books that I've read, listening to the podcast that, that I listen to, uh, and, and really understanding how mm-hmm. to be a good husband, because I haven't always been one. <laughs> <laughs> As we kind of wrap up here, Shalina, what advice would you give to others who are maybe a little hesitant about dating outside of their race?
2: don't do it for the way it looks like don't don't find someone of a different race just because you want to find someone of a different race make Mm -hmm. sure that person fits
1: make Mm -hmm. sure that
2: person gives and adds the value to your life that you want them to
1: Mm -hmm. and make sure that
2: person doesn't change you Mm
1: -hmm. because
2: you can it might seem intimidating going into an interracial relationship that you do have to be a certain person to be with that person but like, like I said, my husband, my in-laws, like I am myself 100%. That's how it should be. Yep. Have those conversations. I've had some difficult conversations from my in-laws where they have honestly had moments of weakness feeling like and realizing that they maybe have had some discriminatory thoughts. Mm-hmm. And they can come to me and talk to me about it.
0: Yeah. Because I
2: don't want them to feel like they don't have that person that knows their heart yeah, you can maybe explain like, maybe you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't think like that and they'll yeah. grow, you know, I'm, I'm in their life to help them grow. They're in their, my life to help me grow.
0: Right. Um, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Like having the open mind of mm-hmm. the possibility that your soulmate could be a person outside of your race. It's not just about the color of their skin or who they are. It's also about, this is my soulmate. We're compatible. I always felt like with David. I'm 1,000% myself. I don't have to fake for anything for anybody. That's the person that you want to be around, that accepts you for exactly who you are.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so as as you guys now have probably caught on at the end of our episode, we have our favorite uh, love languages game shalina has also played
0: mm-hmm.
2: before
1: and so one of the questions that i've got here today is from the past and future category what memory instantly makes you smile i
2: have an amazing father
1: i'm mm-hmm. so blessed
2: as a kid i have a brother and sister as well and when we were young he used to have puppet time with us
0: <laughs> and okay. he was would... so cute
2: <laughs> It really was. He would take our dog gate or baby gate, whatever you want to call it. And he would put it in the doorway of the bathroom. And he would go inside the bathroom, turn the lights on and put a blanket over the baby gate. And he had these puppets and we would sit down on the floor and he would (laughs) put on a show just off the top of his head for us. (laughs) And it is just like, I would only dream to be able to do that for my kids. It was just such a magical
0: moment for me i love that that's so cute i don't know i think everything now is surrounded by my mom until a person is gone it's only when you think about them the most or you think about how much you miss a person i think a memory with my mom is we used to get up early in the morning and we used to write all the time and this is when i first found out like I love journaling and writing. She would have a piece of paper. She would give me a piece of paper and she w- and we were facing each other so we couldn't see what each other were going to write. And we would try to see how many times we would write about the same topic. And majority of the time, the topics were literally always the same. And wow. this is like early in the morning, like four or five o'clock in the morning. That's, That's why David I mean. is like, how do you get up there early? And I'm like... <laughs> I have literally always used to get up so early. But I think that was a memory that instantly makes me smile.
1: Awesome. For me, the the memory that instantly makes me smile is thinking about your face, the photo that we got when we went upstairs during our surprise engagement. Oh,
0: engagement. <laughs> and
1: seeing the shock on your face
0: <laughs> is what
1: made all that planning and all the time and Coordinating with Lena and everyone else to come down—that is definitely what makes me
0: smile. Yeah, that was a good day. That was a good day. Well, Lena, but well, we just thank you so much for your bravery and coming on and being our first guest. This is such an honor to us.
2: <laughs> I'm so grateful that you guys created this podcast. This has been very therapeutic for me as well.
0: <laughs> thank you. Um, we're we're happy that it's helping you, and we hope that people listening to you will help others as well.
1: Awesome, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in for episode six with our special guest. We appreciate all of your comments. Please continue. Make sure that you subscribe. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.